1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I am a tail fin road locomotive. You can polish my chrome so clean. We can fly off into the sunset together. A rusty old American dream. Still running. A rusty old American and we will help you keep it running thanks to the help we get from Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive in St Paul he is an ASC certified technician and he is here this morning good to see you Nick good morning how are you wonderful i'm glad to hear that we uh, we had the we meaning my son and i had the chance to drop off uh, his vehicle which needed some work and we did it we've never done that before drop it off on a sunday with your you know the the little slot that you drop it in like Dan told us one time people have dropped off cars over the weekend forget to leave the key.
0: Oh that hap- that happens from time to time <laughs> but usually we are on it pretty quickly and get that resolved.
1: Okay. Uh and you guys worked on Tony's vehicle which turned out to be you maybe you can explain why uh Dan has said that uh if there's an ABS problem like it was acting up at different times when there really wasn't a need for that pulsating Correct.
0: Thing. I, I believe what was happening as you were even coming to a normal stop, yeah. normal conditions, that ABS would engage and create that pulsation, which can be startling.
1: And he said, Dan did, and it turned out to be true, that uh, sometimes it's a uh, wheel-bearing issue. And why why would that affect the ABS, do
0: you think? Because t- typically, most vehicles that uh, ABS sensor, there's, most vehicles have four of them, one on each wheel, and it's located where the wheel is rotating, which is part of the wheel-bearing assembly. Some vehicles... It's uh, integrated into the bearing itself. Some of it actually mounts externally right next to the bearing. So if that bearing were to become worn or loose, like with when Tony's case, yeah. there's a little more deflection there. So that ABS sensor isn't able to read that rotation because it's moving on it. Okay. So the, the, the air gap is what we call it, changes on it.
1: So anyway, it's all taken care of thanks to the good folks at Lloyd's Automotive. So uh, kind of fun. It's Absolutely. fun having a professional do the work. <laughs> Because it was quite a job, I understand. Plus, Big Nick said that you guys have had a couple of those issues this past week
0: there. Yeah. No, it's uh, uh, wheel bearings, you know, in general are not that uncommon. As we know, the road conditions can be a little suspect. And from time to time, we all might run into a curb or two and— You know, all all that jarring motion on those uh, rotating pieces does take its toll on it. Yeah,
1: evidently. Well, I'll tell you what, if you have any kind of a car care question, let's open up the phone lines. Folks are already, uh, Nick, sending text messages in. Now the text number, if that's easier for you, is 81807. Otherwise, give us a call. As I said, we've cleared the lines. Uh, 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. Or again, send a text, 81807. I mentioned... Last week that we would carry over for folks, we ran out of time last week to answer some text messages. Should we get a couple to take care of? Absolutely. Let's do that. Texture says, I have a a 93 Cadillac Elante North Star engine with a dash light which indicates service engine soon. There is a PCM code of P056 which translates as Transactual SPCL Sensor (laughs) CKT prop. Problem serviced engine, what does it mean? And must I go to the dealer? You understand what that's about?
0: You don't have to go to the dealer. I think that code is for a crankshaft position sensor, um, which can influence any vehicle for that matter. You know, it's really important that the car's computer, the engine's computer, can monitor the position of the crankshaft, the camshaft. Therefore, it knows how to, first off, make sure the engine's running. And second off, you know, do timing, fuel injection, stuff like that. So if that sensor is starting to go. Little haywire. Somebody should take a look at that before the car doesn't run.
1: Okay. Another text says this: Why can I see the air coming out of the vents when the AC is running? It's a 2011 uh, Chrysler Town and Country. You have really good eyesight. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, see uh, uh, what happens. It's is condensation. If it's, what is yeah, that? if it
0: gets a little low on charge, some of that condensation might uh, come off the evaporator and come through the vents. You might see a little mist. Uh, you probably realize or notice with that that the air is not as cold as it used to be. So taken in to have it serviced. Unfortunately, there's likely a leak because if it's low, it's going somewhere. So it might require a repair along with a recharge. Some
1: AC questions evidently this past week. The air conditioning in my 2014 Ford Escape works well on the highway, but in the parking lot, it does not. What's the issue there?
0: I would suspect that there's some debris caught on the front of the vehicle. So when there's less airflow, like when you're stationary at slow speeds, it doesn't work as well. So if somebody were to take a hose, clean off the front of the condenser, between the condenser and the radiator, get some of that cottonwood and that other debris out of there, I suspect it'll work fine.
1: Okay. And one more, and then we'll uh, pick up on some phone calls. A 2001 VW Jetta AC has full, what this means, 134. And blower motor works, but heat, but heat, no cold. Could it be the mixer switch or a fuse? You understand? Not that?
0: likely a fuse. I think okay. what they're telling us is that the blower's working fine. The system's full of charge, but it won't blow cold. So it's conceivable that something with the switch or something with the blender, you know, that tempter, if that is not going from hot to cold, none of that cold air is going to make its way into the vehicle.
1: Okay. 651 989 9226 or send a text 81807. Back to the phones. Bob is calling from Falcon Heights. Go ahead, Bob.
2: I say I've got a 2003 Ford Explorer, and the heater uh, is not working. Not that I need it this time of year, but I'm kind of contemplating getting it fixed before the winter months come on. And uh, AC works great. It's been suggested to me that it's the blender door uh, that, that is uh, not working properly. I get this click, click, click sound. When I turn when I tur- do turn heat on, and I'm just wondering if you could comment on that a little bit, if you're familiar with that kind of uh, problem with a 2003 Ford Explorer.
0: I think you're right on that. The, the clue there with any vehicle, not just your Explorer, is when you turn that temperature and it doesn't change, but you hear a click, 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 there's a little motor down there trying to move that flap at you, that blend door as you referred to, and if that motor is stripped, I mean, like it's plastic gears, so that, that can happen. But if it is stripped, what is the reason? So whoever you take it to have it repaired, make sure when they remove that little motor, if accessible, that they make sure that that blend door moves freely because if it has a a sticking spot or if it's damaged in some manner, you put a new motor in, you might end up with the same problem. So it's important that they make sure there's some free movement in that door. Now, the other piece that Denny's going to mention in a second here is some of those actuators are very difficult to get to. Uh, Some are easy to get where it's just down by you, maybe your your knees or your feet on the passenger side. Unfortunately, some of those are maybe wrapped back around the back of the heater box, which might require the removal, which can be expensive. So make sure you take it to your regular tech mechanic or a regular shop and have them take a look at that for you.
1: All right. Very good. Uh, Thank you, Bob. We'll... uh... I see an open line here, 651-989-9226. Nick, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, pick up on more calls and text messages. Uh, Our temperature has moved uh, here on CCO to 60, heading for 79. could see a few showers later on today, but 60 right now. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Car Care Show here on CCO. Danny Long here with Nick Stolfer from Lloyd's Automotive. Speaking of Lloyd's, I know where it is, but tell me where it's located on Grand.
0: Well, if you're in St. Paul on Grand Avenue, we're two blocks east of Lexington Parkway. Uh, If you ever need to give us a call, you can always try 651-228-1316. And as I mentioned here a couple weeks ago, we have a new website. Check it out. It's lloydsautomotive.net. That's L-L-O-Y-D-S-automotive.net.
1: Very good. Back to the phones we go. Scott is calling from Taylor's Falls. Scott, thanks for waiting. You're on with uh, Nick.
2: Hey, thanks. I've got a 2011 Chevy Silverado 2500 HD. And yesterday, leaving the gas station, all of a sudden, the service, the track, service traction, light started flashing, and the ABS light came on. I didn't notice any difference in how the truck ran. Just wondering what might be causing that or what I do to fix that.
0: And if it was just the one time, I don't think I'd be too worried yet. But if it's a continuous issue, I suspect that, as we spoke earlier, one of those sensors on one of the wheels, maybe... Uh, didn't pick up the wheel speed, and when, when it doesn't see the wheel speed or it sees a variation, it might throw that stability track on. You know, I have, this, I have the same truck, and I notice that in the wintertime for sure. If I'm turning or if I'm plowing or something, one of those wheels spins a little bit, it's quick to activate that. So don't be alarmed okay. yet. If it seems to be just a one-time incident, don't worry about it. If it becomes more regular, you should probably have somebody take a look yeah. at that.
2: Okay, so if it stays on for a couple of days, I should probably get a looked at Absolutely. Okay, thank
1: you. Very good, Scott. Thank you. Scott leaves that line open, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Jim is calling from Apple Valley. Jim, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good
2: morning. Um, I have a question for you. I have a new uh, trailer that I'm pulling with a 2016 Highlander, and I run the small um, refrigerator on D.C. while I'm pulling it because I was told that it would maintain the charge from my automobile, or continue, continually charge the battery. Well, when I got to my destination up by Duluth, the um, there was no, there was nothing left on the battery. The, the refrigerator had drained it, and the car had not regenerated anything. How do I get my wiring checked to see that the people that did the wiring um, did it correctly? Because it doesn't, it's supposed to be charging that battery as I drive. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. You know, there, there might be a switch in series U that you need to turn on and turn off. So therefore you don't like, for example, accidentally leave it connected to the vehicle while you're with the camper and wear the battery down. So have that checked. Uh, somebody with a volt meter should be able to make sure that you have a good power source back at that trailer when it's connected. So, um, You know, maybe go back to the folks that installed the, I suppose the truck came with it installed. But if you go to a a trailer outfit uh, nearby, bring the truck and the trailer, call ahead, say, here's my situation. Maybe it'll take them a few moments, but they should be able to take a voltmeter and ensure that you do have that 12 volts back at that trailer. So therefore you can operate not just the refrigerator, but all the amenities in that item.
1: All right, very good. 651-989-9226. I see one line is open if you want to fill it or send a text, 81807. We'll pick up on those again, too. Uh, Mike is calling from uh, Blaine with a question. Mike, you're on with Nick. Good
2: morning. I have a 2002 Alero uh, that my daughter uses, and she uh, contacts me the other day. She says, hey, Dad, my both of my uh, signal lights, they just stay lit on. Now, I know I, when I've had just one stay on, it's the taillight bulbs that have to get replaced. Is that the case where both taillight bulbs on both sides need to be replaced, or could it be a fuse?
0: Not likely a fuse because it's illuminated, obviously, but it, it could be bulbs on both sides. It could also be the switch. If something is shorting out or backfeeding through the switch, it might falsely turn on those indicators. So I think the best thing to do is have her come by and see uh, the two of you turn all the lights on, you know, do the headlights, the turn signals, the backup lights, go through the whole gauntlet and walk around the vehicle and see what's not lighting up and why, and then take it from there.
2: Okay, thank you.
1: All right, very good. 651 uh, 989 Texter says this, a 2014 SUV, doesn't say what kind, had my tires rotated last week, then balanced this week, but still feeling some light shaking at 55 to 70 miles per hour. Any thoughts?
0: One of those tires or wheels slightly out of balance. You know it's it's difficult because yeah, the car's running well, going smoothly. You rotate the tires, you pick up a slight vibration. Uh, The other thing you can have that shop do is maybe switch them from left to right. Try to pinpoint which wheel it might be. Mark that wheel, document it. That way you know you know it's you like to rotate them, but you don't want a vibration. So that wheel should probably stay in the back of the vehicle. Maybe you can go left to right with it to help. Smooth out the the uh, the wear there, but it might need to stay in the back of the car.
1: Okay, uh, let's go to Nia calling from St. Paul. Nia, you're on with Nick. You
2: know, yeah, um, I have a 2000 Honda CRV. Uh, it was oil leaking, you know, so I got uh, oil pan change. While the change of um, the oil pan, you know, they remove, you know, exhaust. Um, Then, you know, afterward, I have check engine lights on and took it back and I was told that my fourth spark clock, you know, is not working for firing well and uh, it is smoking. That's why they clog up. I don't know what's going on. You know, I've been putting, you know, Lucas in it and sometimes... It works sometimes. It doesn't work. Check engine light
1: goes off. What would you think, Nick? Maybe try another.
0: Well, it sounds like you know he's got a misfire, maybe created because of the oil leak. Got that secondary ignition okay. saturated with oil. So, and that's not uncommon. You get a, you get the cover gasket leaking, and oil can make its way into those tubes where the spark plugs are threaded in. Ah. So it might be just a little more work. They might have seen that in the process, and I don't think they created this necessarily, but the complete repair would be to replace those spark plugs most likely that ignition wire set along with the new gasket so you fix the leak and you fix the misfire
1: would you try another place first or would you just go back and try to get it what? corrected there
0: yeah, I don't. You know, like I said, I, I did. I was involved with the whole situation. Right. I, I think it's fair to go back to those folks initially and say, "Here's my confusion. Here's my frustration." Just have the dialogue with them. Now, if they're combative and don't want to have the conversation, then yeah, you should go somewhere else. But I think I like to believe that when you go to people and you're, you know, you're, here's my frustration. Can you yeah, help me? Yeah. I'm, I'm confused here. Most people want to help you.
1: Okay. Well, good luck with that, Nia. Thank you. Uh, you know what? We're a little behind the time. We got to take a break. But we'll be back. Uh, Nick will be here probably for another 10 minutes or so. So don't if, don't wait if you have a question for him. We'll be back with more callers and texters as well here on CCO's Car Care Show. 60 is our current temp, 79 or so the high today, and we might get a few showers later this afternoon.
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at
2: play.it.
1: And welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show here on this Saturday morning. Nick is in for uh, Dan this morning, Nick Gustafel, and we'll tell you how to get a hold of those guys over there too and, uh, before Nick leaves us. We do have uh, callers and texters, Nick, so we'll, let's uh, help the folks out. Uh, Mark in Minneapolis has been uh, waiting. Thank you, Mark. What's your question?
2: Uh, i got a 95 Silverado 350, and the transmission fluid is foamy. It doesn't smell burnt or look burnt. It just its foamy.
0: Usually, when any uh, hydraulic fluid or this power steering transmission fluid gets foamy, that 's because there 's air getting in there somehow uh, it 's conceivable maybe uh, have it done, have a service done pull the pan down, get a new filter in there maybe the filter's not sealing up properly, maybe the filter fell down something there is allowing air into the fluid um, that can start to affect the performance of it because it can 't create the correct pressures to Engage all the different gears that you need to get into. So I would tell you, have somebody take a look at that. I suspect put in a new filter, pan gas, get some fluid in there, and we'll resolve the problem for you.
1: Nick, a text doesn't say what kind of a vehicle it is, but it says the message comes on, quote, oil change required. And the question is, can I wait seven to 10 days before I get it changed?
0: Uh, sure. Uh, check the oil level, make sure it's full. You know, don't, you don't want to neglect your vehicle. Uh, It really depends on what that interval set it and the last time it was reset. So if you follow that indicator like the manual tells you and you do the oil changes when it comes on, you're probably fine. If it's something that you don't know the last time you had the oil changed, you should probably get it a little bit sooner. But I think you're okay as long as you check and make sure it's full.
1: So if it's a week or so, it's not a big
0: deal. Probably not going to hurt it.
1: Jerry in St. Paul's calling in with a question. Go ahead, Jerry.
2: Uh, thanks for taking the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter has a 2003 Tahoe. It runs great, but the body's got serious issues. the The parking brake cable just snapped. I don't know how. She never. I don't think she ever uses it. But uh, the beeper uh, just continues to go off when it's when you're moving forward in it. Is there a way of disconnecting that alarm bell?
0: so I, I assume that you're talking about the it thinks that the parking brakes engage or low on fluid uh there there might be a uh, a switch or a connector down at the, the lever itself that you may be able to might be able to bypass that might shut that off for you um but the cable alone braking shouldn't be a problem as long as the pedal is totally disengaged so check that you know there should be a spring unit on that pedal so once it's you pull the release maybe take your hand or your foot and pull the pedal all the way up so make sure it is fully released um and if that's yeah, the I, case that light should go out
2: it yeah uh, well it's uh i've i've done that a couple times and it's not the light that bothers it's uh, it just it constantly the sound. beeps yeah yeah, it's just beep beep beep. But
0: beep. they should be on the same sensor, the same switch that turns the light on should also control the beeping. So if the, if there's still a beeping, maybe it's not related to the parking brake. Maybe there's something else that the car's trying to warn you of because those those that light and that beep for the parking brake should have the same switch. So if you disengage it, the light goes out. There's still a beeping. I think you have something else going on there.
2: Uh, okay, so is there's brake brake fluid for the parking brake too.
0: No. But that one light serves two purposes. It tells you if you're getting low on brake fluid, number one, and it tells you if you have the parking brake engaged, number two. So it's kind of a double duty. Wo- a there, double right. duty. One light serves a couple All purposes right. for you. All
2: right. All right. Okay, I'll, I'll try that.
1: Good that's luck, so Jerry. That, thanks. Right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's frustrating. But what are you going to do?
0: Well, yeah, make sure it's disengaged. Make sure the fluid is full, if those, which are simple things that anyone can do. And if you've done those items, maybe he needs to have somebody else take a look for him.
1: I know you and the guys at Lloyd's uh, always check out prospective uh, used cars for people. They'll come in and see, you know, get, just get it checked out before they buy it. Going out this morning, Texter says, to look for a used car under 10000 What are two or three th- key things to focus on mechanically, would you think?
0: Well, if the check engine light's not on, it's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah. but, you know, if the check engine's on if the light is on, the person tells you, oh, it's nothing. It's always been on. Don't take that for a complete truth. Maybe have somebody look at it. And on that note, if you're going to buy a used vehicle and you have a regular mechanic, he absolutely wants to see that vehicle before you buy it. One of the main reasons is because he doesn't want to deliver the bad news after you've purchased the vehicle. So take it to your mechanic. Have him look at it. But if the check engine light uh, is not on, that's a good thing. Check the oil. Is the oil full? How does it look? Is it clean? Is it mucky? Is it muddy? How about
1: leakage of any
0: sort? At ten thousand miles you're probably gonna have a couple leaks. Yeah. But look at the tires. I mean, do the things that you know you can do. You know, check the tires, look at under the hood. If something looks suspicious, ask. Um, you know, the last thing you want to do is spend ten thousand dollars, which might be your budget altogether yeah. and come to find out that you need a thousand dollars worth of work. Yeah. So if you like it, have your mechanic look at it before you buy it. If you don't like it, ask questions to who's selling it.
1: And if you ask the owner, to uh, You want to take it to Lloyd's, and they go, nah, I don't think so. Then
0: You probably don't want to buy that That's vehicle. a red flag. Yeah. Uh-huh. If, if, if they won't let you take it to your mechanic to have it assessed, you probably don't want to buy that vehicle. Okay.
1: Texter says this, the airbag warning light has come on and stayed on a few times lately on my 2004 Acura TL. In the last few days, it has been off, something to be concerned about.
0: Uh, yes and no. When the light is on, you know, keep in mind, anytime that ABS light or anytime most of those lights on the dash are illuminated, those systems are not working. As a default, when you start the vehicle, the car does a self-test. It's going to go through and check all the resistance and make sure that the sensors and the switches of the ABS airbag, whatever system, are working properly. If it passes, the light goes off after a few moments. If the light stays on, there's a fault in that system, With the airbag system, if the light is on, if the unfortunate event of an accident were to happen, that system will not work. So your airbags won't deploy. You won't have that extra level of safety and protection. So if the light is out, it's working. If it's been coming and going, there's probably a connection or a switch or something that's intermittently creating a problem. You don't have to have it checked right away, but I suspect at some point the light will just stay on. And at that point, someone needs to take a look at it for you.
1: All right, Texter says, uh, while driving along at 70, my low tire light came on. By the time I got stopped on the dash, all the tires showed a line instead of a number. I got out of the car, determined all tires had air. When I started out again, all the tires in the dash had correct pressure. Is there some module that reads the pressure?
0: Yes. All four wheels are equipped with a little sensor. Uh, and that sensor transmits the pressure to the little trans or the receiver, which then tells the dash or the, the body control computer what's going on. So somewhere in that sequence the- there was some confusion. And, of course, it, you know, it-, it didn't see one, then it didn't see four. The fact that the- all four had lines in them tells me there's something communication-wise. It's not a pressure issue.
1: Okay. Uh, here's a text about a 2003 Ford Focus. It starts, but then when driving, everything just shuts down. Restarts just fine, but then does the same thing. What might cause this?
0: Depending how it's stalling. You know, we talked earlier about crank sensors. Those are critical. Uh, Idle air control motor. Uh, There's different things. It really depends on how the car's shutting down. If it's like as if you just shut the key off, there's probably some sort of computer input sensor. If it's something where it's struggling and stumbling and choking, maybe it's something with the air control. So... Don't go too long on that because you don't want to have a situation where it doesn't restart and then you're stranded somewhere. What would you
1: guys do at Lloyd's if they brought the vehicle in there? What what, what kind of uh, diagnostics would you do?
0: The first thing you always, always do is confirm the customer's concern. So if it's a matter of you having to go for a ride with them or if they can give you good instructions how to duplicate that. But once you've experienced the problem the customer's having... At that point then you can take up the, the game plan, I guess you call it. You know, like so the car hits stumbling, so we gotta look at the the idle circuit or the car just shut off. Maybe we need to get a scan tool here to see what sensor's cutting out on us. So once you've experienced the problem then you can kind of like plan out a game plan to figure Narrow out what are going to
1: do. Narrow it down. Yes. Right. Well, Nick, we have to run. Uh, Dan will be back next week. I'm not sure. Yes, sir. You think he will. All right. How do we get in touch with Lloyds? What's that phone uh, number? You'll be open today, too. Uh,
0: we'll be open today. Our phone number is 651-228-1316. Uh, if you're in St. Paul, we're at 982 Grand Avenue, which is a beautiful place to walk. It really If is. you're in front of your computer, lloydsautomotive.net. L-L-O-Y-D-S Automotive.net.
1: Thanks, Nick. We'll see you there at Lloyd's. Thank you. In the Twin Cities, 60 degrees in a minute. We'll have our wine chat with Jack Farrell. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line
2: is only $25 a month.
1: New iPhone 15s? <laughs> here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.